0: super awesome thanks to Corbin for hosting this on
1: iTunes Corbin Johnson you are the man I'm Ross Ross Rossman for Telfia for Reader on the Forums and I'm Nathan and this challenge was Delta Force and looked at all sorts of Delta Quadrant funness
0: it did Uh, there were plenty of possibilities for our teams to go with and in the end, we got uh, three different entries, but uh, two of them both went with the same affiliation for the Klingons and one for the Maquis.
1: Right, and I, I do like how the Klingons went in pr- pretty different ways, but um, s- since they're listed um, with the Maquis starting first, you might as well just start with Team Bashir.
0: And we'll start off with the last of the Maquis
1: which I'm not sure is the most appropriate title since the Maquis all kind of went away at around the same time. But beyond that...
0: Well, uh, the Maquis who were in the Delta Quadrant were the last ones to survive because the Dominion didn't break out we in the Alpha Quadrant. Uh, so in that respect, the Delta Quadrant Maquis are the last.
1: Yeah, last ones to hand in their Maquis cards, Okay. But this, this is a pretty nice way to get all your Maquis personnel to work together, in the Delta Quadrant at least.
0: Right, but I'm not sure how much of it uh, is in the Delta Quadrant, uh, where almost all of them are non-aligned and federation. Uh, only Tabor can go into Bajoran mode, um, and well, there's a card in this entry that can also go into another mode.
1: Right. Well, that, that that would be useful in the Delta Quadrant, but, I mean, all, all in all, it does just kind of seem superfluous, especially with another card that's in the entry. But um, it, it is nice that your um, Delta Quadrant, my key personnel, can report for free, especially since you don't get the free reports from your home away from home.
0: Right. Uh, this card is known by the Home Away From Home is in play, and that kind of harkens back to some of the reactor core cards from Deep Space Nine that don't that are specifically made to not work with the Resistance cell. This is specifically made to not work with Home Away From Home, which is good in that it keeps them from working with certain other affiliations like the Klingons, Worf, downloads, Home Away From Home and Voyager, both the Federation and the Kazon Voyager, but I'm not sure that that really prevents the Maiki from working with the the Deans or the Hirogin, who are the affiliations that we really don't need to give more support to.
1: Right. Especially given the um, number of Maiki that are non-aligned, there's just so many ways to might make the already powerful affiliations even more powerful just by sprinkling this in.
0: Right. I was really hoping that if a team went Maquis, as this one going get, they would give a very strong reason for me to want to play my Maquis and never put them in non-aligned mode, keep them in Federation mode. And while there are a couple of personnel in this entry, as we'll get to later, who don't have a non-aligned mode... I think this card makes me more tempted to just leave those cards out of the deck and go ahead and play non-align my
1: marquee. Right. I mean, especially since so many of the other enablers um, have a free play built in them already. I mean, t- taking away home away from home really isn't that too much of a crutch. Not Not too bad of a deal for your Delta Quadrant deck in general.
0: So, after last of the Maquis, we have Poth, 10.5, but Tana.
1: I, I appreciate don't your Bajoran a accent. Point. You're obviously from the Southern Mountain region. Yes, yes. But, um, th- this is a card that'll just play on a table and will make your... You can make your Maquis personnel attributes plus two until the end of turn. Or you could download a unique Maquis personnel to discard a version of the same Persona or you could download a non-aligned MyKey to replace your different Universal MyKey personnel.
0: And I think it's that last one that's going to see the most use.
1: You mean with being able to download Universal MyKey personnel that aren't Delta Quadrant?
0: Exactly. And also don't come on one-edition templates. You can download uh, second-edition backwards compatible cards such as Reed, I think Reed is the big one, uh Sark and Macius, as well as Amaros and Kalita, who are first uh, originally from first edition, and get them into the Delta Quadrant this way.
1: Right. And I I, I can definitely I, I like how this card has multiple uses, but I can definitely see someone just using this on the early turns, especially since you can just download whoever you want. I could see them yeah. using the download early on. Than just doing um, making your like boosting personnel during mission attempts and just rinse cycle repeat, you know may, maybe every now and then using your swapping the unique personnel if you want to, but you you could do that anyway if they're just in your hand. Just don't use a download. Just use a persona swap. Right.
0: Yeah, and the big thing for me with this one is use assigned mission specialist and start the game with Ayala and Hogan in play. So you already have two universal Maquis personnel to switch out. Now, you do have to get this card into play. Oh, if only there was a way to do that turn one. Wait, there is. (laughs) Tuvok, uh, who is the last card in the set, has a special download of this card. And he has security, so you can use Defend Homeworld to download him on turn one if you don't have to get him in your opening hand.
1: Right. And also, this card's an incident. There's no way to get rid of this. I mean, even if this card discarded when you use the download function, which is perfectly reasonable.
0: Yeah, either discard or have some alternative cost where you had to discard a card from hand or something to keep it from discarding.
1: I mean, especially when Deep Space Nine has a card that does the personnel attribute plus two, but it's an event, and it plays only on one person.
0: Right, and isn't repeatable like this one. Yes. <laughs> because you know, even if my opponent pulls out general Quarters and I don't necessarily want to do the download every turn, if I can't do the download, there's no reason to not go ahead and make all my Maquis personnel attributes plus two, unless I really think my opponent has something to punish me for having too many attributes.
1: Yes. Well, spe- speaking of cards in this entry that might be just a little bit too overpowered, we have Any Means Necessary, which is an objective.
0: I do like the title, because I love that when a card can borrow a title from another Decipher game, and I remember Any Means Necessary being a great bounty hunter-related interrupt in Star Wars.
1: Right, and it does entirely tie in with my key storyline, just whatever we need to do, we'll do it. But I'm, I'm just not a fan of being able to have all six of my opponent's missions have the exact same requirements.
0: Now, that, that would take six different copies of this card because it changes the requirements on those missions, on the mission that it's on.
1: Right, and that would be either, not only that, but if you want to guarantee it, you'd need to use six seed slots.
0: Right. Pl- so you're most likely going to choose one or two of your missions to put this on. It does only go on your missions, so you can't uh, mess up your opponent with it.
1: Right, but I, I, I just know that there are... I. I Someone will yell at me loudly if I'm wrong but I think that the other cards that alter mission requirements either just play on a planet or they play on a specific planet they, they don't just arbitrarily go on all your Delta Quadrant missions and if, right. if you're using the set you're probably using specifically Delta Quadrant missions
0: Right and you can put this on as big of a mission as you want now, granted the bigger the mission you put it on the more cunning you have to have, but fortunately, all of my my key personnel have attributes plus two, because I'm also using the batani.
1: Yes, and then um, not only that, but when you salvage, you could either download an equipment card or accumulatively make your Maquis make your my key ship's attributes plus one.
0: And then I'm not really quite sure how it's, how it's intended to work. Um is it supposed to be that for each one of these missions that I complete it's cumulative if I get plus one to my ship attributes? Or can I stack three or four copies of this card on one mission and get plus three or four to my key ship?
1: That that is interesting. Uh, especially no since I can, player can player. see some really powerful players putting a bunch of these on a mission, finding a way to solve that mission, and if I've got eight or nine of these on a mission, yeah, I do want to solve that quickly, and then just forget about enhancing my guys any other way. I mean, I've already got five, six, seven, eight, nine attribute points above anyone else. Why bother using an equipment to boost my attributes?
0: Right, I can take my liberty and go to whatever ship I want. I can start building up word cubes with the liberty.
1: Oh, well, remember your liberties, because with Delta Quadrant Spatial Scission, you could have two liberties in play.
0: That's true. And why not? I mean, it makes all of my monkey ships plus one. So why not have two liberties?
1: And then, lo- looking at these personnel, we, we have a Federation Ensign Seska, a Federation Kazan Michael Jonas, and a non-aligned Tuvok, all of which support the Maquis icon.
0: I really have an issue with making Ensign Seska Federation. He in no way supported the Federation. Uh, at best, she should be Cardassian, and I could maybe give her the Maquis icon so that she could work with the rest of this team, but give her the Federation infiltration icon.
1: Right, well, that that would make her a little harder to play outside of temporal micro-wormhole, although your last of the Maquis would enable her to be workable. I, I could also see making her the Juran. Because she was
0: pretending to be sorry.
1: Right, and we're wearing the Federation uniform just because, well, she would have been thrown off an airlock if she hadn't.
0: Right. Um, personally, I, I would go for the Cardassian. And the the real shame of it is, Washa with Maquis makes it to where it's really not an issue. She could have been Cardassian and still worked with the Maquis just fine. It almost makes me wonder if they put that on last of my thinking that she would be Cardassian and then changed her late in the process
1: well i'm i'm, I'm just thinking that there, there really is no nice way they could have done this because g- generally in first edition, if they're working with another group, they get that affiliation icon you know with Spock and Picard working with the unification movement and on Romulus they got the Romulan affiliation and not the Federation. But Seska was clearly not working with the Federation at any point.
0: Right. My reasoning behind the uh, card and data is that the Romulan dissident movement is a Romulan movement, and they are, they're actually supporting a faction of the Romulan affiliation. Seska was doing no such thing. She was... I mean, even once she joined the Kazon. She was never supporting the Federation in any way.
1: Right. Ch- Chakotay did pretty much force her to shut up several times just to make things go and be nice and we'll get out of the Delta Quadrant next week just play along, trust me.
0: Right. So that brings us to Michael Job. I think you can with the case for why the Federation. Uh, he did work with the Federation. He wasn't trying to spy on the Maquis, and he eventually fell in with the Kazon. So I like the fact that he is uh, Federation Kazon.
1: Right, but I, I feel that both groups could really benefit from his skills, and the, the, let's face it, in the Delta Quadrant, the download is pretty nice with your attributes and... not not attributes, but with, um, it, with uh, skill matrices, it is always nice to have a download, even if it is Specifically, engineer related. Yeah,
0: I would say that of the six cards in this entry, Michael Jonas is hands down my favorite.
1: Right. I mean, I'm not, not not to go too far ahead to Tuvok right away, but the the more I think about this card, the more I realize how much of a mess this entry is. Just, just because in the episode he was never non-aligned he was always working for the Federation you know he, he was never really working for the Maquis he was always working for Janeway even after he got reawakened he, he, yeah he was working subconsciously but even after that he found a way to break through that and work for Janeway
0: Yeah, <laughs> there's a lot of story element. in this entry
1: that are questionable. Um, I, I I do like, well, I, I do kind of like and I kind of don't like how it adds mind meld as a skill. Um, you know, the, ju- just t- taking their names away and calling these personnel, you know, Jim, Johnny, and Joe, the skills do add to the skill selection not, not necessarily enough to make them stand alone, but they do generally help them. I, I just don't like, well, particularly Tuvok and Seska, I do not like these specific personnel that they chose.
0: I completely agree with you. Uh, Michael Jonas is fine. He's great. Uh, he can't be non-aligned, uh, which is another issue I have with Tuvok if we're trying to get them away from being non-aligned. You know, we've made a non-aligned person. Um, but outside of Michael Jonas, Seska, and Tubak, just story-wise, they're a mess.
1: Yeah, I, I almost think that this entry would have been better if we'd had some of these, if we'd had more verbs, just sp- spread some of the effects on the verbs out a little more onto different cards if necessary, and mm-hmm. just get, give us give us less personnel.
0: I agree with that because unlike the Klingons, because we'll get into, the Maquis aren't really hurting that much in terms of number of personnel. Right. since they can work with other affiliations.
1: Right. Yes, especially with all the other non-aligns in the the Delta Quadrant.
0: Yeah, And then when you add in the fact that you can get in the Universal uh, Maquis from the Alpha Quadrant too. That that right there adds a lot of personnel.
1: Yeah. Definitely some good ideas here. Just should have used a little more refining before going to press, so to speak.
0: Yeah, I I can see this being a good unfinished version. I, I don't know that they really refined as you said, things before the final deadline.
1: So so moving on to these Klingons you were talking about. Yes. Uh, so we
0: begin with Team
1: Crusher. Yes and I, I gotta admit I I do kind of like how they made Barge of the Dead as a doorway.
0: I love it actually. It took me a little while to figure out what especially with the reporting of the non-honor, universal, alternate universe, Klingon affiliation personnel. And I looked them up and realized that the vast majority of them are from the 22nd century TOS or the motion picture. And then it dawned on me, they're dead. Yes. They're they're all the people who died without honor in, in previous eras of Star Trek. And now the... Literally, all of on Hell is breaking loose on the Delta Quadrant.
1: Well, I I, I do... The, the big objection I have is we're enhancing the Delta Quadrant, and there, there's no real reason besides gameplay for this to be at the Delta Quadrant since, you know, Grithor originated in the Alpha Quadrant, that idea at least. I mean, this just seems like a way to force the Klingons into the Delta Quadrant, which is a nice way to do balance. And I also don't like how enhancing the Delta Quadrant is using these personnel from other sets.
0: I'm actually okay with it. something that we mentioned last week as a possibility of uh, getting personnel from the Alpha Quadrant into the Delta Quadrant. And this is honestly an episode that I would not have thought of to add to the Delta Quadrant Klingons, and I think they've done it in a way that you can lift in a lot of skill gaps that the Klingons have without having to make a whole bunch of new personnel.
1: Right, and I do That's... like how they've they've worked with sev- with Well, okay, not several, two different episodes, but at least they they've th- these cards do really work well together.
0: They do. Uh, One issue that I do have with Barge of the Dead, when I saw all these qualifications on personnel, I thought for sure there would be some such personnel in this entry, and there wasn't. Um, Not to skip too far ahead, but there is one card that I wish they had modified a little bit to fit that requirement.
1: Right. Well, uh, technically, Cortar is a non-honor... Um, clean on personnel, but I'm, I'm really not seeing a way to get him into play. Well, he's got security, so you can do down defend homeworld to get him.
0: Right, and then you can download Barge of the Dead, which I think would be your first play uh, if you wanted to go that route, is download Kortar first turn, have him open up the Barge of the Dead, and then all hell can break loose.
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm just kind of wondering why the Barge doesn't just automatically, why well, it doesn't see, just because it conceptually it does sound like something that would be there since the start of the game, but just it seems like thematically they just wanted to not make it too, too, too powerful.
0: And I do agree with that. I, I could see Barge of the Dead being changed and then not have
1: Quartar have to download. And then um, m- moving on to the quest for the Kuvamah, which um, bo- boosts your Klingon personnel in the Delta Quadrant to be is plus two, provided your Belana Daughter of Mural is around.
0: Um, well, I believe it's actually after
1: uh, one. Oh, right, after uh, be is plus one.
0: But yes, if you have found the mother of the Kuvamah, all your people get better.
1: And oh. at attributes plus one it is that's a pretty good way to do it. It's not game breaking. It's not cumulative, Bashir. <laughs> but you're, um, you know, you don't have to get an equipment. It, it is a nice attribute boost, especially since a lot of your personnel are ho- hovering around the six and sevens. They just go to the sevens and eights.
0: Right, and you've got to figure that. You're using a lot of non-Honor, Universal Alternate, universe Klingons, they probably don't have the highest integrity, so a boost that hits all of the attributes including integrity is a good thing for you. Yes. Um, but then there is a secondary uh, action here, so to speak. Once per game, when your Wild is about to blow up, you can move everybody over to the Voyager and take over.
1: Yeah, and, and that's just insanely easy to do, just because you could seed your Vok Lank, have the Caretaker's Array, then download um, the Captain who can download auto-destruct sequence, boom, you've got your USS Voyager.
0: Right. So if you wanted to play Voyager that way, you can go through a not terribly long download chain and start using Voyager.
1: I, I don't like how Voyager just becomes Klingon and it, the Klingon icon isn't just added on. Um, and I, I also just think that, that this is kind of encouraging, That would although that would kind of encourage the Treaty Federation Klingon as opposed to just a straight Klingon deck. Uh,
0: well, this entry does actually kind of encourage a Treaty Federation Klingon uh, deck anyway
1: um,
0: we'll get to that part a little bit later though.
1: right I, I, I would I, I would have just liked rather than that function just give us a dual affiliation USS Voyager I could see
0: that I, I think they really wanted to follow the episode there though where I mean frankly the captain showed up on the buckling and first turn blew it up and came over to Voyager right So, in that sense, you can pretty much follow the story there.
1: Yeah, Um, definite props for story aside from it becoming of the Klingon affiliation.
0: Right, instead of them working together with the Federation.
1: Right. And then we get on to Kortar.
0: Right, (laughs) we mentioned him a little bit uh, with being able to download him uh, and download Barge of the Dead first turn.
1: Right. But the, I do like how he can nullify God.
0: Yes, if there's any personnel in the game other than James Tiberius Kirk who should be able to nullify God, it's the guy who guilt guides.
1: Yes. Um, the, the only thing is you're, you're kind of really putting a target on him when you have Barge of the Dead in play.
0: You are. Uh, Barge of the Dead really doesn't work without him, so you probably want to keep him someplace safe which means he may not be in the mission attempt, which means he may be destroyed by God.
1: Yes. A cruel twist of fate there. Cru- cruel twist of fate, but I, I, do, like, I do like his skills. and there, there, That is the mark of a good card when you have to make the choice between keeping him safe on your Klingon Voyager or sending him down to a mission attempt to solve things.
0: Although, if you do keep him safe aboard your Buckling, and you do hit God, and it blows up, you could go get Voyager at that point.
1: Right. Although, may nullify God, does he have to be present, or is that just anywhere? Because it doesn't say we're present, it just says, may nullify God.
0: That is a good point. Uh, In which case, yeah, keep him on the ship. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and have him call. We open up the window on the box, going, Hey, Dara!
1: <laughs> now, when I first saw the card titled Morale, I was wondering, did, did they make a personnel who's a baby?
0: My first thought was, Wait, shouldn't she be Alpha Quadrant, and isn't there
1: already a version of her? Then we looked at the rest of the card and realized, this is a pretty good way to do it.
0: Yes, this is Mount Merol, Paris. This is Balanators' mother, Merol, daughter of Lenan.
1: Yeah, well, one of the issues that I just have with the Barge of the Dead type group is there's some reason connected to the Delta Quadrant... And this just seems like a way to do it specifically for this entry, as opposed to making a good personnel who happens to work with the Delta Quadrant Klingons.
0: Well, if we make Barge of the Dead, it's got to go into some quadrant, and it did show up in a Voyager episode. So I'm okay with these being Delta Quadrant Klingons, because Milano was in the Delta Quadrant when she had the whole Barge of the Dead vision.
1: Right. And Morel does have some really nice skills, um, particularly Bio and Anthro.
0: Yes, and I really like the fact that she does not have honor unless she's with B'Elanna. Uh And I like that for well, story purposes, basically. Um, B'Elanna redeemed her mother in that episode.
1: Right, although... S- s- Strictly speaking, story-wise, she should give Maylana honor if she herself is in the discard pile.
0: Well, if we're going with the conceit that Barge of the Dead lets these personnel who were in a vision into play in the first place, I'm okay with it working while she's in play.
1: Right. Okay. Uh, although, if they both have honor, then you can't put them on the Barge of the Dead. So they're gone, and they're done.
0: Which means if Moral dies, she goes on the barge of the dead. Much like she died in the episode, and Bellana was in a whole different quadrant, she went on the barge of the dead.
1: Right. Although so that's, there, that's... there are some odd things to do... Cause if, if you're well, if Morale and Balana are both in your discard pile do they get honor? And if they're both on the barge of the dead, it's it's just odd to have a personnel with honor on the barge, barge of the dead.
0: Um depending on which Balana she may already have honor.
1: So does uh, but... the other so does that Balana gain a second honor?
0: Uh, I believe she would, yes. So there, there doesn't appear to be any restriction on whether or not that Valana had honor to begin with. Right, So Valana, uh, daughter of Moral, or excuse me, uh, mother of the Kuluma, whichever one the Dutch Pleasure one is. Yes. <laughs> uh, I have this pulled up. Daughter of Moral, um, because she does already have honor, she would end up having a second honor.
1: Right. And this um this universal guy twerk wh- which I hope is not a reference to the dancing craze because if so I will start beating my head against my computer monitor.
0: Oh. I just got the
1: joke. Enjoys dancing.
0: He enjoys dancing and has music. I no longer like this card. <laughs>
1: Even though it's got a pretty good download with that Plasma Dime Relay? It does have a pretty good download with
0: that Plasma Dime relay. Relay. Uh, Engineer is a skill that Delta Quadrant Klingons need. Um, outside of B'Elanna, they don't have much of it. Uh, but the thing outside of twerking that I was disappointed in with this card is that it's sourced from the Wing and not from Barge of the Dead. I really wanted to see a non-Honored Universal Alternate Universe Klingon affiliation personnel to use with Barge of the Dead that came from that episode.
1: And let's face it, it'll probably be a lot easier to get a personnel from the episode Barge of the Dead, which really hasn't been mined for personnel, especially in money, as opposed to uh, the episode... the. Um, prophecy episode where all the obvious personnel to use have already been made into cards.
0: Yeah, they've been named unique for a lot of them. Yeah, it'd be pretty hard to get a from that episode. Whereas (laughs) there were several Klingons that we don't know pretty much nothing about in the background for Barge of the Dead.
1: Right. Um, there,
0: there's no reason to say that. That, that one, yeah, he, he could have been a medical engineer person who likes to dance.
1: And work with the Plasmodine Relay? Sure.
0: Why not? He was just not a very honorable medical engineer. Medical, by the way, is also a skill that the Delta Quadrant Klingons need and don't have much of.
1: Yeah, well, I, I do, I do like how this entry does make the Delta Quadrant Klingons workable. Not, not quite enough to be standalone, but definitely something you could at least work with.
0: I think with all of the uh, alternate universe, all of the works of the dead people from TOS, uh, the motion pictures, and the twenty-second century ones, I, I would give a uh, Klingon. A straight Klingon Delta Quadrant uh, deck, a chance. I I would try it.
1: Well, we we would be remiss if we didn't bring along Kachik, who's a dial skill universal Klingon, ultra-universe personnel that does not have honor.
0: Okay, that one I can't really explain, but a lot of cards from that era are
1: really weird. Right. But from a gameplay point of view, you could get any skill you want, so that'll definitely help with your skill redundancy.
0: Yes, it would. Because I've always wanted a cantankerous Klingon
1: chick. (laughs) Who who hasn't had that particular fantasy? But but moving back to G-related territory... We have Thomas, son of Owen. And I, I really do think that... This personnel should be dual affiliation federation.
0: I agree. Uh, Tom Paris may have donned the Klingon outfit, but he never gave up his Starfleet commission. He should be federation as well as Klingon.
1: I mean, B- Baylana, you can make the case either way, but th- th- he definitely, definitely...
0: Uh, But outside of that, he's got uh, several things that you would expect from Tom Paris, Uh, double navigation, medical anthropology, Uh, honor makes sense because he's defending his wife, Belana Torres.
1: And participating in the whole Klingon regime.
0: And moving back out of G-related material, he can download Moral Paris if he's with B'Elanna.
1: Yes. Which seems odd to download his fully grown daughter from the Alpha Quadrant from forty years in the future.
0: <laughs> Details.
1: Yes. I, I I did I did like using him as a personnel. Just seems like a really strong choice. Although his strength does seem abnormally high for a non-steroid using human at eight.
0: I would agree with that. I, I do think this strength is too high. Um, but the skills, I like. I like the uh, integrity because he's doing something that's more honorable than Tom Paris normally does. And the download, while odd from a sense standpoint, is pretty good for them. It It lets you go get a non-Delta Quadrant personnel, uh, much like Barge of the Dead does. And also, that goes back to, I mentioned, uh, wanting to do a Federation-Klingon treaty. Moral Paris gains an, an additional diplomacy if you have that treaty in play.
1: Right. So... All in all, this is a really good entry, adding in some pretty decent skills to the Delta Quadrant, particularly with the Klingons. And a a pretty good batch of personnel to boot.
0: Yeah, the the biggest concern I would have is that you're adding a whole bunch of personnel uh, with Barge of the Dead, and it'd be interesting to see how that would play out, if that would Prove to be too powerful or if that's okay i mean you can play a lot of those personnel together anyway in the alpha quarter um,
1: yeah so, I, I do like how um several of those personnel are kind of binder binder fodder but with barge of the dead you could add some new life to them
0: sure i, I would say that this entry i would like to be play testing um I understand that there's things about it that might have to be changed, but overall, I really, really like this entry.
1: Yeah, this this does seem to be a, a really good, at the very least, jumping off point to at least get things started, and yeah, fine tune a few things here and there. But probably one one of the better entries, not just of of this set, not not just of this particular challenge, but I could make a point that it's pretty good for this entire competition.
0: I would agree with that. I I think that this is probably going to be my highest-rated vote uh, so far.
1: Right. Well, b- before we give away the gold trophy, we should probably discuss Team McCoy. We
0: should, because they also did Delta Quadrant Klingons. Now, Charlie did say uh, in... The article that he didn't want people to judge the two Delta Quartier Klingons against each other. Uh, So we'll try to avoid that, but obviously there's going to be some comparison.
1: Right. So with with that disclaimer out of the way, we're going to start with a new home. Which... Uh, this entire
0: entry focuses a bit more on the box side of things. doesn't go into Barge of the Dead at all. Oh, sorry, that's a comparison. <laughs> but a new home starts off with uh, seating on an established settlement mission. And basically, that's the new home that you're looking for.
1: Yes, which is odd for it to... I mean, a lot of this card seems like it's stuff that you should already have after the mission is solved. But, right. well, but yet you need this card to solve the mission.
0: I, I think you see the point there. It seems like you would establish the settlement and then get to play cards there. But from a sheer gameplay point of view, I, I think it's really designed to be the jumping-off point for that deck.
1: Right, especially since um, it has your Delta Quadrant Klingon cards reporting there, and once each turn, one guy does that for absolutely nothing.
0: Right. one Yeah, once each turn, one is, of course, appropriate with no restrictions as to uh, who other than Delta Quadrant Klingon.
1: Well, not, not just that, but you're also able to download any Delta Quadrant Klingon card there once per game.
0: Which means you could go get somebody extremely important or even the Vak Link if you needed to. Uh, because it's not a personnel, it's any Dutch Quadrant
1: Klingon card. Right. With all um and that that is something you could probably get at your caretakers array, but then you have to lug that all the way to establish settlement.
0: Right. Or if it gets blown up for some reason, if the board do show up and destroy your Vik Link. Or if you auto-destruct sequence it on your own, <laughs> then you can go get another one.
1: Yeah, I, c- I could see a lot of players just keeping the download in reserve just in case something happens to their one Klingon ship.
0: Right, and I, th- I think it may be meant for that purpose. maybe why that's on the card. Um, but I could see a lot of players who haven't experienced that going and get some important personnel on the first turn.
1: Right, so I I do like that flexibility, plus from a story standpoint, the Klingons didn't come to the Delta Quadrant through the Caretaker's Array. They specifically got there the old-fashioned way by just trudging along.
0: So we haven't actually gotten all this card yet. You can also, twice per game, exchange a card from hand for any Delta Quadrant Klingon affiliation card in your discard pile.
1: Which, I'd I'd like that a lot more if this was exchange a Delta Quadrant Klingon in your hand for a Delta Quadrant Klingon in your discard pile. I agree.
0: Right now, that seems really, really powerful.
1: Really, really powerful, and you can do it twice each game. Right. So,
0: feel free to play some card that, lets you discard your entire hand and draw a new hand, like starting over, perhaps... Why? Well, only we had a Borg. Hold on, we'll get to that. Yes. Um, and then, if you draw something you don't want from your new hand, you can go get that card. That hey, maybe I did want that.
1: And also, this restriction of being nullified if you play a staffing star personnel who is not Klingon—that that's just not horribly restrictive at all.
0: It's not. And it's really odd restriction to me. It, it's not based on any affiliation. Um, you know, if you play a Federation staff icon personnel, this goes away. You play a non aligned one, it goes away. I, I'm not quite sure who they were trying to exclude there.
1: Well, it, fr- from a story standpoint, it would make sense if they were excluding command personnel just because they have too much authority. Or non-Klingons, just because we're doing our own thing, you do your own thing, we'll do ours. I could see either of those, but this just seems tacked on for the sake of tacking it on for something really obvious that we're not seeing, and I'm just going to cry because I'm stupid.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I do like the fact that there is a restriction. Uh, I think it's important that we keep affiliations separate and distinct. But... I just don't quite know what that one's there for. <laughs> I, right. I, I would have I don't know, maybe there's something that I'm completely missing, like said, but um it it's a head scratcher as to they I think they could have come up with a more reasonable
1: nullification clause. Right. But um After that odd mix, we get into the Council of Elders, and I I like how this just provides a nice boost to your Valk Lank, at least when it's in the Delta Quadrant.
0: Which that goes back to, Charlie said in the original challenge, the Delta Quadrant is home. That's where you want these cards to play. So this specifically calls out, hey, play in the Delta Quadrant.
1: Yeah, I, I would say that th- this does really feel like an organic way to make the Delta Quadrant be home.
0: It does. Even if you know, it's unlikely likely that you will not to another quadrant, just that subtle reminder of, hey, th- this is really where you want to be. I, I like that.
1: Well, the, one, one thing I'm not too thrilled about is at the end of each turn, if you have at least three Delta Quadrant... Klingon personnel aboard a matching uncloaked ship, draw an additional card.
0: Yeah, that harkens back to Federation Flagship, uh, which can also draw you an extra card at the end of turn for having a uncloaked, undocked ship. Um,
1: yeah, I, I I can just see people using that and abusing that. I mean, draw, drawing an additional card, that, that's worth an investment, especially if I just have to park three people. They don't even have to be able to staff the darn thing and keep the ship uncloaked maybe in my outpost or something.
0: And since I'm playing, playing I'm probably going to have three of them in play. By, if I don't have three of them in play by the end of turn one, I don't know what I'm doing wrong.
1: Right. Like, which does also raise a point for warp speed. Because remember, there is specifically Voyager constructed warp speed, where I believe it's either two draws or two plays, but drawing an additional card will really make that super, super powerful, super, super quickly.
0: I had not thought about it. mess at all. Yes. So, the third function that this card has is once per game, you may discard a hand weapon from play to basically do bribery, except for Klingons instead of Ferengi.
1: Yes, and you better hope that you solve that mission a couple and a couple turns, because if not, you're up a river, my friend.
0: It was a away forever. Yeah, that. I really wish that this, I mean, I think it's a big enough cost that you have to discard the hand weapon to say that you can do it more than once per game. I, I would have been okay if it only lasted till the end of the turn, but you could do it once every turn, or each turn, rather. Um, I, I think that would have been good, then you got to keep paying the piper to do the mission, but if you don't get it that first turn, you can still come back and do it later.
1: Right, especially since the hand weapon does have to be in play.
0: Right, which means I've either had to download it somehow or I've used a card play to get it into play. Or played it for free. Um, There are some hand weapons that
1: can play for free. Right, especially the download right to your Klingons, play for free, I have a knife in my back pocket, and it's in your throat, you're dead. (laughs) So but, I also like how it's adding to the repertoire of missions that the Klingons can solve.
0: I just wish it was more reliable because if you get hit with something like friendly fire, that keeps you from attempting the mission next turn. It's gone. There, there's no. I'm going to go over there and attempt this other mission, and wait for that countdown to expire. You just can't do the mission for the rest of the game. Right. I think using bribery as a, uh, as an example, as a, uh, there's a word I'm looking for. Template? Template. We'll go with template. Using bribery as a template, it's okay to be able to repeatedly add the icon to a mission, as long as there's some cost to it. Right. And frankly, it would be a similar cost, because Ferengi have alternate ways to get uh, gold press platinum into play and to play that equipment for free.
1: Yes. So some, some really nice effects just need, need, need some tuning to make them just right and not too wacky.
0: I agree. There's definite potential in both of these cards, the New Hulk and Council of Elders, but I think that there's some things that really need to be changed even before they would go to testing.
1: Right, I, I could see Council of Elders being split up into a few other cards.
0: Right, and I could almost see that with a new home. Is both of these cards have a lot of game text on them and do a lot of different things. Right. I mean, you could have a new home just give you the free play and then have another card to do the exchanging stuff.
1: Right, or Pattern, A New Home, or along the lines of the Warp Core Reactor Core cards, where they do this once per game, you do this, and then just have a bunch of other supporting cards helping them out.
0: Right. Uh, So, I mean, they're not bad. I I actually like both cards, both A New Home and Council of Elders, but I I think there's some tweaks that um, should have been made to each of them.
1: Right. Well, spe- speaking of tweaks that should have been made to cards, we have General Korak, <laughs> who, who for some odd reason is not dual affiliation, non-aligned Klingon, even though every other former Borg in the game is dual affiliation, former affiliation, non-aligned.
0: Yes, so uh, as with Tom Harris in the previous entry, I, I know Charlie said, "Avoid dual affiliations unless one half of them fits your team." Well, one half of them
1: would fit the team there. Not not just that, but the ship he commands is non-aligned. And he can't even
0: uh, he he can't even contribute his affiliation to it. He'd have to have some other non-aligned person show him. Ah, oh, yes, Commander. This is where you press the button.
1: That's it. I I do like that we do finally have this as a personnel, so props for that. Definitely a really cool guy to get and play on a card, but just that that alone is something that I'm really not going to be too pleased with.
0: Um, I, I do think it's kind of a big deal, though. Can't be non-aligned. Uh, but outside of that, I really do like the card. I love the fact that they went with something I wasn't expecting, number one. And also, he downloads a batlet, which is important for Council of Elders.
1: It, it is, but where is he getting that battle do, Does the sphere have uh, one right, around? <laughs> I, I was wondering if
0: he might be in Unimatrix 0, because you do see uh, 6 of 10 have a Batleth in the Unimatrix. And oftentimes, when somebody downloads something, you see them holding it.
1: Right. And that, that would make a really nice picture, because a lot of the other non-Borg, former Borg cards have human or, well, non-Borg elements to them in their pictures.
0: Uh, and as long as he's got the red board out on there, he counts as a board for things like splitting over, which we've mentioned earlier.
1: Right. So, de- de- definite style points here, but also a big red flag being raised just looking at him.
0: I, I still plan to give this card very high marks because, o- other than the affiliation, I really love this card.
1: Yeah, the, these are really great skills to the point that if he were non-aligned, he he might be on the verge of auto-include.
0: That's true, and that that may be why they decided to not make him non-aligned.
1: Well, they, honestly, they could have dialed back his skills a bit much, although that would have hurt the Delta Quadrant Klingons a bit more.
0: Right. So it's a fine line to walk there. Do we give them versus how much do we give not? make them
1: do it right and then we've we've got a couple of random voc somewhat better than support personnel escalation a bit much
0: well since they're not support personnel you can't download them with assigned support personnel right um I do want to talk about these two cards together uh, for, if nothing else, their classifications. I was looking at the Delta Quadrant Klingons and noticed those are two classifications that they just don't have much of. Uh, they've, got, they've already got a Universal Security and a Universal Science. While they don't have a Universal Officer, they do already have two unique Officer personnel, and there's two more in this entry, so they don't really need more officer. Engineering and medical is where they really need help on the classifications, so I'm glad that this team realized that and put it into their entry.
1: Right. The, the, these really are nice skill matrices to have, um, especially physics, which is extremely useful in the Delta Quadrant. It's
0: extremely useful in all
1: quadrants. <laughs> right. I, I, I do find it odd that um, Kegah is, ha, is has physics, but yet he uh, has a hobby of quantum mechanics. Oh,
0: well, quantum mechanics counts
1: as physics, right? Eh? Yeah. I mean, it, the, the, these aren't really skills that relate to each other, especially with geology and volcanology. But the, the, these are a really nice way to plug in some skill holes, add in some redundancy. Attributes are what you'd expect from universals. So just a nice, nice way to help shore up your portfolio in the Delta Quadrant.
0: And in that regard, I think your cards may be one the most successful of all the entries in simply well, hey, this is a need that this affiliation has Here's how we can fill it. They may not be super exciting cards, but they are very very solid cards.
1: Right. And then we have Tom, Son of Owen. What a not novel to... concept.
0: <laughs> what not to be confused with Thomas, Son of Owen.
1: Not to be confused with Thomas no comma, Son of Owen
0: yes uh, we have our second version uh, of this uh, challenge of Tom Paris in Klingon Garb and well okay maybe we're not supposed to compare them but they've got some similarities Uh, they he's got uh, navigation times two Uh, he's got medical honor and he trades anthropology for astrophysics and biology. These are all skills that I would pretty much expect to see on Tom Paris.
1: Well, I, I'm, I'm, with both versions, I'm kind of wondering why his navigation times three is going down to navigation times two.
0: I think it's just because he's not concentrating on navigation in this particular boat. Right. But that also brings up, again, he should be Federation as well as Klingon. And unlike with General Korak, we can't use the line of reasoning that we don't want to give non-aligned something because the Federation isn't non-aligned.
1: Right. And there, there is also the issue of this special download of Space Boomer.
0: Granted, if there's any Voyager personnel, Voyager source personnel, who should be able to with Space Boomer, it's Tom Paris. Right. But on the other hand, if we're going to say, "Well, he's not really concentrating on navigation, that's why his navigation times three goes down to times two, why is he downloading something that focuses on the navigation?
1: Right. So, and, very nice personnel, very nice personnels, plural all around, not, not to compare the two, but issues with one are kind of issues on the other.
0: Uh, agreed. Yes, they, they fell both into some of the same uh, things. For example, they both have strength eight. And as you mentioned, that's really high for a human who didn't really appear to be that strong.
1: Yes. Al- although this version is not a nurse.
0: Ah, uh, good catch. I have not realized that, and the other one is
1: right I, I I can kind of you know you can make the case either way, yeah, he wasn't using it in the story but it it would it would is something they'd, they could have put on and really probably should have in in the end
0: probably although they're pretty tight on war there. I'm actually not a hundred percent sure if it would fit into a war box. I'm not going to ding them on that because it's very hard to tell uh, before you actually get it into a template.
1: Right, and there there is stuff that you could cut out
0: of here. There is, and I, but I think you'd have to to get Nurse in there.
1: Right. Right. So the, the these cards do work well together, just not, not in quite the cohesive kumbaya way that you'd expect. Uh,
0: overall, with this entry, uh, with the McCoy entry, I'm very pleased. I'm pleased with both of the Klingon entries. I, I do think the McCoy one is a little bit over-engineered on the incidents, but they've got very strong personnel. Um, so I, I like both of those entries, my key entry, not as much.
1: Right, I, I, um, I, I do feel that the criteria laid out by Charlie did help focus these entries. Um, I, I feel that Team coin might have been better off with nine cards, just, well actually with all the entries, some of their verbs might work a little better off if they're a little spread around.
0: Right. This is almost the opposite of the previous challenge, where we felt that six was too many, that they kept repeating things or or doing things just because they needed to get up to six. In this case, I think all the entries could have benefited from more parts.
1: Right. So I, I know we usually close these podcasts with our favorite entry, but since I think we've kind of agree that good old Crusher managed to crush the competition, um, there, there is one more team challenge left before the finalists are determined. One person gets a car and at least one other person is sitting home and crying on mommy's lap for a few weeks. So, um, we, we haven't seen the picture of this challenge for this season Make It So Yet. Think that'll be our final challenge? It very well could be. I know
0: that challenge has been popular with people other than me in the past. Uh, so I could definitely see them doing that again. Uh, I could see them giving six different images and saying, make a card for each of them.
1: Right. So remember to vote by Saturday, Um, get your thoughts in, get your comments in, get your numbers in, and we'll see you next time. I am Ross, Faithful Reader for Tell. I'm Nathan Gooey Chewy Miracle. Thank you for listening, catch us next time, and we're awesome. Super awesome thanks to Corbin for hosting this on iTunes. Corbin Johnson, you are the man.